Yo, Sixer Nation, what is good? Three more days till the NBA trade deadline. We have some interesting Sixer news today. A lot of trade rumors. Things are heating up. Could the Sixers make a move in order to propel them towards championship mode? Well, guess we're going to find out. The first domino has fallen in the NBA. Everything else getting ready to go. We are back with a trade show. And I am joined by a very special guest, RB and Austin Krell. Sixers beat reporter, NBA writer, one of the best in the game. Back joining the show again. Austin, how are you feeling, man? Well, you know, you can never get enough sleep during this time of the year. And uh, right now, I'm just trying to find the sleep where I can get it. Um, and, you know, checking in on all the latest stuff. It definitely, you know, you, you, you think you're about to write about something and then something else comes out that, that, that puts what you were going to write to, you know, no point and just a lot of stuff at all times so yes sir man well i appreciate you coming back on the show appreciate your time um i will say the the last news i expected today not the big trade news but you know the the news that happened today that broke and that is furcon Corkmas of all people furcon Corkmas requesting a trade per keith pompey Cork Maz, who obviously has another year left on his deal after this one. He had signed a three-year, $15 million deal. And, well, I, honestly, I just want to get your reaction. Um, You know, I, I actually predicted that Furkan would get moved at the deadline, but I didn't see him requesting a trade. Really? Furkan? End of the bench player? Guy that hasn't played essentially all year. He said, I'm out. I'm out. What, what is your take on Furkan Cork Maz and his trade request? So I think like number one, him being traded was always somewhat likely um, because uh, number one, just the salary, like he makes 5 million. Sorry, I'm looking at my salary sheet right now. Um, yeah, because about 5 million. So I mean, that was always a likely candidate to be moved. Um, and, you know, you watch him on the bench. I mean, obviously he doesn't look overjoyed to be, you know, essentially a, a, a guy who, sh- you know, shakes a towel every time someone does something good, um, <laughs> you know, and so I can understand where he's coming from. Ultimately, though, he's had opportunities to produce. He's never produced uh, meaningfully and uh, except for the the year where they went in the bubble and lost. Um, and, uh, you know, he didn't make them. He didn't make the most of those opportunities. And he's a shooter um, who. Has a little bit of creation ability, but it still, you know, doesn't. He's not good enough in any other one thing to justify the fact that his jumper just hasn't been very good yeah. uh, over the last year or two. So I understand why he would want out for an increased opportunity. Uh, that being said, I don't know that he deserved. <laughs> he earned. The, you know, he. I don't know that he has a case that he should have earned more playing time. He's a superstar, man. Hey. Welcome on in the Philly Take with RB, by the way, presented by Manscaped. We have Austin Krell here giving his take on Furkan Korkmaz. Um, I'm just like, yeah, I was surprised to see him request a trade, um, but it didn't surprise me that it didn't work out with the Sixers. This guy's a former first-round pick, and it feels like over and over and over again they give this guy a chance. Let's not forget, 
He requested a trade a couple years ago. He wanted out. Everybody loved Furkan after he hit that buzzer beater against the Trailblazers. And, um, you know, he requested out at one point, and somehow he ends up getting a three-year contract. And, you know, he just never fit back into the rotation. And now he's just, he hasn't been in at all. I mean, it's been months. Um, so tell me, you know, what do the Sixers do now? Do, do they move him for nothing? Is he included in part of a bigger trade? Obviously, we'll get into that here. But, you know, does he have any value at all? Will anybody be willing to take on that contract? So I I think the extra year makes it a little bit more unappetizing or unappealing for teams uh, to look at as, you know, something they would want. I do think that you would probably package him with the likes of a Matisse Thibel, um, with the likes of a, of a real asset, you know, like a Paul Reed, maybe. Um, I think Paul Reed and Shake Milton are, I'm, this isn't reporting anything, this is just my opinion, but I think they are underrated trade assets at this point because they make so they make so little money. Um, you know, they're 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 they there's some upside that's happened to there for Paul Reed for Shake Milton. He's proven he's a decent bench guard. So I, I think there is something there that maybe if you find the piece you really want, um, those guys could be, you know, assets to a team. But you're looking at a scenario where it's gonna be you know, Furcon plus a Daniel House, Furcon plus a Jaden Springer, Furcon plus a Matisse Thibel to get a piece that you really want if that trade does indeed exist. You know, it's interesting when you when you talk about that. Yeah, you're naming these players, and I'm like, yep, former first round pick, former first round pick, no development. I mean, at some point, when did the Sixers look at themselves, right? Like they can't develop a first round pick. You know, the barely any of the picks go through the whole process. And right now we're I'm struggling with the fact that Jaden Springer, I still don't understand why that pick was made. Uh, it just seems like there's many guys that seem to come up where they just don't pan out here. Do you think that's a lack of talent development? Do you think that's a lack of drafting personnel here? What, what do you think is the main cause of of these players not being able to work out here in Philly? So. I just think like they weren't that good players. Like you look yeah. at, like you, you you look at you know, Perkins' developmental arc. Like he again, he had one good season. He was given chances to be good. Um, he was not a good enough shooter, and that was the one thing that was supposed to stabilize his value to an, uh, a real a real team. Um, and uh, you know, Matisse, I think has had good moments and he's been a good regular season player for this team. Um, having said that his offensive game just hasn't developed enough and he's largely an unwilling shooter. Um, teams sell out on him in the middle of the floor because they're not afraid of him giving up of him making threes. Um, and they're willing to live with that if that's the outcome. Um, so, you know, I, I do think it is an unfortunate thing that they didn't develop but i can't say that i'm like surprised that matisse thibault after four years of college the same knocks that were coming out then are still there like when you're 22 and you played in college for that long there's a reason that you haven't left yeah now maybe it's not maybe it's because you want to get it you want to pursue your free education which is fine good for you but if your value is high enough you're just not gonna you're just not gonna just stay because the risk of an injury is too you know is is legit and if you get injured you don't want to lose out on that money so you're gonna leave if you have if you know if your stock is moving up and his was you know four years tells me a lot you know um yeah 
Furkan, you know, he came in here a little younger, uh, but, you know, it was just the same thing a year after year. So I'm not surprised. And truth be told, you shouldn't be upset if those guys are not necessarily, you know, making your, your, your playoff rotation. That means that you have a very good team, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm just, you know, wondering about, um, you know, some of these pieces, for example, you know, you keep Furk on, on a roster, you go and you get rid of Isaiah Joe, you get rid of Charles Bassey. It feels like guys that could have helped uh, out with this team. And right now the Sixers are, are in a position where, you know, I feel like they can contend. I, I think they need a couple ancillary pieces, but I think this is the best core that the Sixers have had around Joel Embiid throughout his career. And they've it's been a weird season. You know, they started out on a disaster and then they come back, they win 20 out of 24. Um, I feel like Sixer fans are confused about where they're at at this point. You know, they lose some of these easy games and then they go and they, they win a big one on primetime against the Nuggets. Um, so I guess my question to you is, you know, where do you view this team? Where does this team view this team? You know, what, what's the mindset going in in the next three days? Is it we have to get something done? Is it, you know, we're fine either way? What is the mindset of Daryl Morey and the organization right now? I think it helps that you just blew a twenty-one point lead to the Knicks, and your best player was plus a million yeah. when he was on the floor, and then the team was minus a million and one with him <laughs> off the floor. A, so, a minus fifteen uh, in three minutes for yeah. Trez, right? Yeah. I so mean, I mean, I think like we've all come to the understanding, the realization that, um, you know, Montrez Harrell isn't going to cut it in the playoff lineup. Like I get it. He's, you know, he's a decent offensive big man. Um, having said that there's a reason when he comes in the game, suddenly teams like, Oh wait, we could have the middle of the floor and get to the rim. And there's no one near us because he's out of the position. He's out of position. Yeah. And even when he is in position, he's undersized. It's not that long. So teams can score. So good players can score over him. Um, if he does happen to prevent a shot, it's often a whistle that he's getting instead and getting called for a foul. So you're just not going to get the defensive, you know, aptitude that you need out of Montrez. And that isn't to say, and like, you know, and you look at Paul Reed, that isn't to say that Paul Reed is, you know, a good or a bad player. It's that we largely don't even, don't really know yet. Cause he, this is, this, this is the most minutes he's played in, in, an, in his NBA career. Maybe there is some, untapped consistency potential to get to if he gets a more consistent role to another team. Um, but the fact of the matter is the Montrez Harrell job was there for the taking and he hasn't done enough to take it. And I think in some respects he deserves a better look in other respects. He just simply hasn't been that good with, with the minutes he has played. So it's hard to be like, you know, overly, you know, critical of the way that, that, that that's been handled. Um, you know, I, I think ultimately what has to happen is they're going to have to stagger their 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 core four. Um, but I will say that you know there is you know Maxi not being quite at the same level he was last year makes that a little more complicated. But overall, um, you know they, they so obviously need a backup big man. It's so yeah. obvious they need somebody who can be a vertical spacer next to Harden in those minutes where Harden is staggered away from Joel. They need, um, you know, they, they, they need to have somebody who can rebound. The rebounding is terrible. It was terrible last night. Part of why they lost the game because they had terrible rebounding when the game was on was on the line. Um, 
they need another rim protector because you know you need to perturb teams from getting to the basket. Teams often against the Sixers with Joel on the floor would turn into jump shooters because they know they can't get all the way to the basket. Um, and with that being the case, you do want um, to have a rim protector so that way the lid doesn't just come out the basket as soon as Joel checks out. Yeah, and you don't want them to be, uh, you know, you don't want opponents who are down fifteen whatever points, and and you know after Joel leaves, to suddenly find their rhythm and their and the, and their and their momentum and punch back. And I think a lot of what has happened recently is Joel leaves the game, team scores a quick four or five points in like a minute, and then the Sixers are all out of all, all out of it on offense, and then suddenly the doors are open. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that Toronto Raptors series where Boban Marjanovic or Greg Monroe yeah. would come in for one minute and then, boom, minus eight, minus 10, minus 11. Um, you know, that can't happen, obviously. And I mean, in terms of where I think the Sixers should be is, you know, you have to go, you have to make a move. You have to make a move because this team has at least shown they are more capable right now of going deeper in the playoffs because you have an all-star version of James Harden because Joel Embiid continues to play on this asinine level. Um, and now you don't have the problem, you know, hopefully, uh, of a guy that can't shoot in the playoffs. So, um, you know, this team has been a lot better in terms of construction, but they still need a, another piece. And I would be led to believe that they have to make a move, right? They came into the season with an open roster spot. We sat here before the season. I remember trying to predict who was going to make it. They ended up cutting both guys. They left a, a roster spot open, which you know, led them to say, okay, we're going to be active in February. They said this before. I think they have to make a move. And, and that kind of brings me to the next guy. And I want to get your thoughts on the Matisse Thibel thing, because we kind of hit on it. And there have been multiple rumors in the last week. You know, the Kings are interested in Matisse Thibel. The Hawks are interested in Matisse Thibel. The Warriors are interested in Matisse Thibel. I think the guy has value outside of the Sixers. Now, I, I would love to hear your take on that. But I do want to say, it doesn't make sense, right, to keep Thibel past this deadline if you're not going to end up playing him because it's a contract year, and at that point, you're not getting any value. And is he going to play in the playoffs? On a whole different subject, I don't know what the heck has happened with Matisse Thibel. I mean, before the season, we sat here and you reported from training camp saying that, you know, he was the most improved, and, and like, you know, that's those are the types of things they were saying. He's going to be better this year. He had a better jump shot for him, all that stuff yet he still can't really crack the floor consistently. Um, so I, I personally believe they either have to move him or play him. What, what is your take on the whole Thibel thing, and do you think he'll get moved? So <clears throat> I think a couple of things. First, they're always going to say that he was this vastly improved offensive player out of camp because it's a fresh slate, a new season, build him up, you know, um, and everyone looks better in practice than they do in, in, in a real game. Like, they just do. Guys make open shots in practice that they don't make in games because it's a, that you're you're you know you're you're running up and down the floor. There's no one. There's no crowd in front of you. There's a lot less pressure, um, and so you know. Of course, those reports. Were, of course, the team was going to say that. Um, now, I will say he, in theory, is a valuable player. Um, you know, um, he's an he's a All NBA second team defender. You know, those are those are in theory very valuable players. Problem is, what it comes down to is he in most cases for a team that has 
plans to win a championship. Um, he just isn't going to be a rotation player or even a a a heavily if if he is a rotation player, not going to be a heavily used player in the playoffs because what it comes down to is you're largely playing four on five because the helper is going to be trained to take away the most, uh, you know, to, to help the helpers are going to be trained to take away your best offensive op- options. And Bible's man's always going to be shading towards the guy who is the most dangerous because Bible that, you know, they're okay without taking open threes. They know he doesn't believe in himself. Uh, they know his team doesn't believe in him that, that much, obviously. And, uh, you know, so that's a problem. It doesn't make him a bad player. That doesn't make him a non an unvaluable player on the other end of the floor. It just means that he's not he he's he he can't be a fixture of a rotation for a team that has championship aspirations. Um, so yeah, I think a team like Sacramento could be you know an interesting candidate for him. The problem that we're coming here uh, with is this because this becomes do the Sixers want to extend him long term? If they don't, then they're gambling against the prospect of losing him for nothing in the offseason. That and theoretically it would lower what teams are willing to pay because they, they know, look, you're desperate to get, you, you know, if you don't want to bring him back, you're desperate to get off of him. So yeah. there's that. There's also the fact he doesn't make that much money. I think it's $4 million for him. So yeah. hard to package that together to come up with a package that teams want that make you better and like sure we can talk about how you know there's a million there's you know there's 20 something teams out there that might have interest in 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 him at his salary level what are they willing to give back and does that fit what the Sixers want the answer is most teams don't have what the Sixers would be interested in in terms of just need uh and so it you know it it makes for you know a much more difficult situation in, in in that respect now also the the issue of the tax that everyone has you know there've been various reports they would like to get under the tax i know people i know fans want to hear that tax you know the, who cares about tax owner pays the <laughs> salaries and he's one who cares about tax and if owner cares about tax fortunately it matters it matters because it's going to dictate in some respects what the team is going to do at the deadline um so at four million you're you're already operating under the constraints of Teams think we don't want to bring this guy back next season, and that lowers our bargaining power. Uh, you know, this guy's salary is only four million. That lowers the bargaining power. Um, so, the, also the tax. So this means that they're going to that their that their ownership, at the very best, is suggesting that they try to get a million about below uh, than what the you know take back a million less than what they're bringing in. Or what, right. or what you know, or, or what right. they're giving out. So, those are all things that combine to make it a difficult scenario. Yeah. To 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 see what they're going to, you know, what they're going to bring back and how that's going to add value to their team. Fortunately, as I sit here, I don't know that they have a ton of gaping flaws in their roster. Like this team is thirty four and eighteen. They're two games out of the out of the one seed in the in the east or game and a half out of the uh two seed like they're in a really good spot regardless of what they do it regardless of what they do at their day deadline um i you know i, I the, the name that i think is most intriguing to me is jared vanderbilt 
that's the name that is <coughs> front and center on, on 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 my short list of trade candidates. Um, he's very available. Uh, it sounds like he is likely to be packaged with yeah. Malik Beasley in the Jazz's ideal world. So that makes things a lot more complicated for the Sixers, but they do have a couple of valuable draft assets. They have, um, they have the Charlotte 2023 second round pick that figures to be like 32, 33 to 34. Yeah. Uh, they have a first rounder and those are, you know, the, 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 those are good draft assets. I'm not saying that Jared, Jared Vanderbilt's worth a first rounder, um, but if you were to throw, you know, the Charlotte second round pick and then a heavily protected first rounder in 2020, I forget what year is from. I think um, it's 2029, right? Or 27. I, for, I forget. I, I don't remember. Yeah, I think it's 2029. Um, so if you throw that at the Jazz, it's heavily protected. Might convey as a different pick down the road. Maybe just maybe they have interest in that. Uh, that I think that would be a pretty decent, you know, trade trade core in terms of getting value back. Gotcha. So, so that's your kind of trade target. That's who you would look at. Uh, obviously, there's been rumored interest from the Sixers. Um, there's been names like Jared Vanderbilt. They said the Sixers were inquiring about Nerlens Noel. Um, one guy that I'm huge on as well, in addition to those names, is Andre Drummond, a former Sixer who knows the system. And apparently today there was a rumor. Uh, as I pulled up from a Chicago writer who said that the Bulls were actively shopping Andre Drummond. So, you know, there are names out there to be had. Um, like you said, it kind of comes down to the compensation in terms of what do the Sixers want to give up? And that's really what I'm wondering. Again, going back to my other point, where do the Sixers view this trade deadline? You know, is it an imminent, we need to go get someone? Because like you said, I don't think Montrez is going to hold up in the playoffs. And we know Paul Reed is not going to end up finding his way in consistently. I mean, he did last year, but for some reason, he he's just not in the in the cycle. You know, uh, same thing with a Thibel. So, could the Sixers go out and package a Matisse Thibel? Could they, you know, package what maybe a Jaden Springer, a draft pick, go out and get one of these guys? What about an Andre Drummond? Um, you know, there are names out here. Can the Sixers get one of these done? Do you think it is imminent on their plate? that the organization is, is saying, okay, we have a real shot here. Let's go get one of these guys. So I think introducing the Jaden Springer trade asset is makes sense. Like it always makes sense to, you know, look at, at, at Jaden as a young guy with a lot of, with a lot of development to go. Um, still on a rookie deal. I do think that for a team like Chicago that has DeMar DeRozan that has uh, Zach Levine, your window is you're, you're trying to make a playoff run now, right? Um, and so you know, as such, um, I think there is an element of what does this guy do for us? Like, how does adding this salary to our books and putting this guy on our roster help us now? I think if you're trying to sell Jaden Springer to somebody, you're looking more at a Charlotte, you're looking at a San Antonio, you're looking at uh, a Detroit, one of those teams that is the window is not this year. It's not next year. It might not even be two years from now. You're, you're planning for three years down the road, let's say. Um, 
So I, I think those are the types of, of, of teams that you're looking for, for Jaden Springer. Having said that, Drummond, I think, is, makes it a, a fascinating case. <clears throat> Obviously not getting much playing time in Chicago, so there's not a lot of value. You can't possibly talk up his value that much because he's not playing that much for your team. Um, so that is, you know, an interesting scenario. He's an upgrade over what they have because he's a good rebounder. Um, he's a he's a decent, you know, room protector. I do think that we have to factor in James Harden here and what he wants because James Harden, um, you know, there, there there's a reason that I think uh, Montrezl Harrell is or you know has won the job outright from Paul Reed partly because Montrezl Harrell can catch on the move. He can you know he he can set screens even though he screen he sets a walking screen all the time and gets called for offensive fouls. He can screen. He can dive. He can catch on the move and finish at the rim. You want that next to James Harden. Andre Drummond has does not have very good hands, um, so that hurts. You know, it, it, it that makes it a little bit less of a great fit offensively next to Harden. Um, but Drummond certainly has history here. If you told me that that was the guy they got, I would. You know, that's that's a, that's a, that's a good. It's a good get. It's a good upgrade. Um, I will say this: I do know that the bull. And this isn't your reporting interest. This is just me drawing a connection because a lot of this stuff is connections. Um, Mark Eversley is the GM of the Bulls, and he was influential in the Sixers drafting title years ago. So, I think Drummond made the mid-level exception this past offseason, maybe maybe a little more than that. Thibel salary is right around there. Maybe there is interest in that because the Bulls' defense isn't that good. Um, yeah. But you know, uh, but but yeah, I mean, Drummond would be fine. Yeah, it was rumored as well before that the Bulls had some interest in uh, in Matisse Thibel. So I definitely think that would be interesting. Um, you know, maybe you could work out a trade of, of something of that sorts. But, you know, Drummond's been here. Uh, Vanderbilt, in terms of him, it, it kind of seems like, according to, you know, what people have said about him from that side, uh, is that he's not like a traditional big. You know, he's he's more of a defensive, versatile piece, but... You know, the Sixers, I believe, are looking for a backup five. Um, you know, like you said, somebody with good hands, somebody that can be a rim protector because Trez just simply is not it and Paul Reed simply is not it. Um, you know, and if this team goes into the playoffs and they're they're going up against uh, you know, a big in the paint, you know, who's gonna stop them? Right? Like who's gonna be that guy? And and you have questions about, say, George Niang defensively, right? So I think they have to make a move. I, I don't think that's an overreaction. I think they have to. And the fact that they left that roster spot open tells me they they have to do something. I don't know what it will be, um, but I mean you got to think something's going to happen, right? Obviously they're they're limited with flexibility, you know, like you talked about with the tax line and all that. Um, but man, something's got to happen here. You can't go in with Trez in the playoffs. I mean, this is what happened in L.A. with Doc Rivers, Montrez Harrell. It didn't go well. Didn't go well. Yeah, um, I would say this. I think with you, you have to plan for, you know, a Boston, a Milwaukee to make a move, right? Those teams are already in front of you in the standings. They're theoretically going to get better if they make a move. Um, And do you want to be the one team out of the three that doesn't make a move and upgrade the roster? Yeah. The team in third place. Um, And that, that isn't to say that their season is lost if they don't make a move. They're still in an excellent spot. I still think this team doesn't have that many weaknesses. Um, 
in terms of roster construction. But um, I think the weaknesses are very obvious, and um, it's only going to get harder. This, you know, their March slate is very difficult. Their the playoffs are going to get even more difficult. Teams are going to try to switch. Try, try, try to get the Sixers to switch more and 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 take Montrez Harrell in space. So um, it would be it would be very good for you to fortify your backup five. Yeah, absolutely. So you talked about your, uh, or you said it multiple times. You don't think there's a lot of flaws in this roster. I would tend to agree with you, uh, but I'm I'm curious on what are your major concerns outside of the backup center. You know, what are you looking at saying, man, this team needs to improve in this margin or get better in this area. And what do you think the team is looking at in general? Are, are there any other things you're hearing on the inside in terms of, you know, okay, maybe they're looking at this guy. Maybe it's something nobody is really looking at, but maybe they're looking at, say, a backup point guard or whatever it may be, you know, with Maxi not performing too well over the last week or so, um, you know, with that second unit. What do you think they're looking at and, and what's your kind of take on, on what they need to improve on? So a couple of weeks ago, I would have told you that um, oh, getting another defensive-minded wing would have been a big thing for me. Um, I think you can never have too much shooting, although the Sixers are right now the fourth best three-point shooting team in the NBA. Um, so it can't be that big of a deal. I would say right now it should be the focus should be backup center. I just think you you know this team is never going to be a great defensive team on the perimeter because they are. The, the basis of, of their offense is James Harden and Tyrese Max. It just isn't going to be a great defensive team outside. I think D'Anthony Milton has been fine. I think, you know, some other guys have, Dwight has been workable. Other guys have been good. But the, the thing that you really can fix is your interior defense. And, you, you know, I think analytics people would tell you that anytime you can make a team into a jump shooting team, you are better off. Even if your perimeter defense isn't great, you just you're gonna live with you're gonna live with the odds of a team missing, you know, five or five or so out of ten uh, jump shots more so than you live with them getting to the rim easily. So, I I would say that I think you know the 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 big the backup big is is the main issue um, <laughs> in terms of rumors. You know, this is the time of year where everyone's lying. Where everyone is, you know, the wide wide nets are being cast because you don't want to appear like you're tying yourself to one guy. Um, I think last year was kind of like for the Sixers, especially, it was a little bit of a uh, an anomaly because you have James Harden who wanted out, um, and you knew he specifically wanted to go to Brooklyn, and you know there was a threat of he would just leave in free agency, so. That is like that is an area where you kind of have Brooklyn, you know, against the ropes anyway. But in this world where, you know, there isn't anything like that. uh, You do have to, you know, play the game and say you're interested in a variety of guys. And even if it isn't true. So, uh, you know, there's the Vanderbilt interest that I believe in. Um Recently, you know, there there have been like rumblings of a Rashawn Holmes, um, and you know, some other guys out there. Uh, so it's best not to get bogged down in, in the rumors. I think that the best thing that you can do is uh, try to first go to first go to the the fan spell trade machine because that's what teams use 
um, to, to sort of mock up trade frameworks, you know, figure out, okay, does this salary work? Does this not work? Um, and then you, you, a lot of it <clears throat> is haggling over picks. A lot of trades never come to fruition because you're spending, you're spending time hag- haggling over who gets the draft compensation, who owes who what. Essentially, but that, that's another way of saying who got the better player in the deal. And everyone thinks they, everyone wants, everyone wants to think they got the better player in the deal. Unless it's a star trade and which most times is, you know, in most, in most cases, a trade involving a star, you're not getting a better player in the deal. You, it's very, very clear who owes a trade through the draft picks and who doesn't. But when you're looking at a scenario where it's, it's bad, it's reserves and role players. A lot of times trades don't happen because of, you know who who owes what and and then yeah. no you owe me picks no you owe us picks you know that back and forth so long way to answer your question is there's so many names out there right now um and the most consistent ones you hear are like a jared vanderbilt those are the ones you hear the yeah. most um i would recommend following francis parker because he's very good at aggregating sixers intel from yeah. everyone um so that's what I would do. Gotcha. All right. So if I had to ask you, what do the Sixers do? If, if you had to go out on a limb and predict, obviously no reporting, no sources. If you right now had to pick one side or the other, do they make a move and who does it include? They will make a move. I think it'll include Furkan and Matisse Thibel. Together. Um, I... I don't. I don't think it'll be Vanderbilt, but I. 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 I don't. I, I trust this front office to not make trades that I think are that you know like are you're like left scratching your head. I know the George Hill one was didn't, didn't pan out, um, but yeah. you know. Yeah. No, I. I no. agree. I. I trust Daryl Morey to uh to make moves. For some reason, people don't. You know, a lot of people don't trust him. I do. Um. I think he can pull something off. Um, I actually think it'll be Furkan. I think Jaden Springer could be on on the move included as well because I just don't see a role for Jaden Springer. I never understood the pick. I still don't understand it. Um, and I, I, for some reason, I still feel that there's use for Matisse Thibel. Maybe not in a playoff series, but I think he can be kind of that defensive spark. Um, and I don't know your take on P.J. Tucker, but a lot of people have been unhappy with P.J., they feel that there'd be a better fit. I still think he'll come around in the playoffs. I think he'll be valuable. Um, but, you know, the people have been concerned uh, at the three. And I think Tease can actually fill in at that point sometimes. But he's got to get the minutes. You know, the, the Sixers win when he plays. He just doesn't play. Uh, and it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think people have to be like the whole, like, oh, they're 20-0 and when he plays, you know, whatever the yeah. thing is. It's not because of him. It's not because of him. It's because... <laughs> You know he, the the players he's playing with, the opponent you're playing against, whatever. But if it, just watching the game purely, it's very clear that it's it's not because of Matisse Thibel's heroics that you're winning games. Yeah, uh, yeah, for and, sure, for sure. Um, I mean, it, it is skewed, but I I do think, at least from what I've seen, he's a little more of a willing shooter than like say last year. I feel like sure. last year he was terrified to even put the ball up. At least now, I'll see him shoot a three or two threes, but. You know, it's a couple minutes, might get a steal or two, and then he goes off the floor, and then you don't see him for two games. I, I think what we're talking about here, more than anything, is 
is there ever a point where you as an opposing coach would be like, you know what? This guy is shooting 47% on four threes a game. Uh, we have to, you know, like, like should we sell out, sell out on him? Yeah. You think you'd ever be like, no, we have to honor him as a three point shooter. No, you'd say, yeah, eh, we'll bet against that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. So as, as it relates to the Sixers, then, are you worried about PJ Tucker at all? I'll, I'll ask you that because. No, I think he's, you know, I, I, I think his offensive confidence has regressed a bit because he went through that whole stretch without Harden where he didn't score in like 10 straight games. Um, but I mean, his three point shooting from the corners has still been pretty good uh, when he's done it. Um, you know, his defense has been fine. I, I think when you're an undersized power forward and you're tasked every night with the top, you know, one of the top two offensive players in any given team. And, you know, it's a regular season. You're going to lose some of those battles. You're going to commit you know, some fouls, but he, nothing, his evaluation does not matter in regular season. It's all about the playoffs. You're not signing him to be a great regular season player. You're worried about what he does for you in the playoffs in a seven game series against the best offensive players. Yeah. So I guess at that point, you would say that the Sixers' main trade chip is Matisse Thibel. That's yeah. kind of what they're building. Or that's what they're working with at this point. Yeah, I don't think there's any chance they trade PJ unless you get, you get blown away by a, a, a massive upgrade. I think Joel loves PJ. Uh, James, obviously, is a big proponent of PJ. Um, and you know I think he's helped kind of change some of the mentality of the team. Yeah, that's no, a good point. It's a good point. So the last thing I'll, I'll end off on here with you is, you know, we talked before the season uh, about this team. We both said that this was the best shot for them to win, that this was the best team. Obviously, they started bad, but they have looked really good at points. There are still people that don't believe, you know, when they lose games like they did yesterday, they blow a 21 point lead like it's drinking water. Um, where, where is your mind at in terms of this team? Can they go the distance? Obviously, James Harden has been fantastic he's been an all-star version of himself should be in the all-star game by the way um you know Joel Embiid's been fantastic really to me they just have to stay healthy um and and obviously this is trying to look into the future but just wanted to get your take because it feels like if the Sixers maybe make a little improvement like they have a, a real shot this time they have to stay healthy but if they do I feel like okay this is the chance I think they have a chance regardless um of what they do at the deadline I mean Everything they've done this regular season has been, uh, except for the last week where they've blown two 21 point leads, but um, you know, everything that they've done in terms of just getting their offense and defense on top 10, in terms of you know their two man game and you know the way that they've defended at times, everything that I see says that they can be a, a, a contender. Um, I think what we're seeing here sometimes is. Uh, they're just going through the the lulls of an 82 game regular season. And that can be, you know, to us, it's like, you know, it's fun to watch, you know, it's fun to cover for me. Um, Them, you know, it's just work for me for them. It's like a, Oh, another game. Right. Like, (laughs) like, you know, uh, it gets, I'm sure it gets uh, vanilla 
very quickly. Yeah. You know, or as the more you go on, especially when you're traveling from, you know, cold city to cold city, you're in the air all the time. You're, you know, this hurts, that hurts. You're sleeping in a hotel bedroom. I'm sure sometimes it gets very easy to, you know, fall into these into ruts where you're just not engaged and you're going to the, throwing it through the motions. And I know we can say they're millionaires or this or that. The reality is they're humans too. And that's first and foremost, they were born humans and they were humans before they were basketball players. And we can't, we can't keep that. We can't forget about that. So uh, I think the recent lull they've been in where they still won like eight out of 10, but they've had two bad losses in the last five games or whatever. Um, I, I think this is one of the top two to three teams in the East. And I think if they can get that one seed, that two seed and, uh, you know, if, if 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 they can get that 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 one seed and make the the Bucks and 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 the Celtics play each other in the, in the second round, that would be an ideal scenario. Obviously, p- playing either of those two teams in the second round is a very tough task. Um, but if you get home court, ain't you know it's I don't see why you wouldn't be a favorite. Yeah, no, I, I think they have to. I think this is the opportunity, like you said. Um, you know, even even some of the other teams in the East have been losing to bad teams. Um, Sixers have a real shot, so I'm I'm excited to see what they'll do at the deadline. If anything, um, you know, they still have an open roster spot, so it'll be interesting to see how they kind of go through that. But again, your final take, your final prediction is that they do make a move. Um, do you have any names in particular, or do you you just think okay, they're gonna make something happen? I don't have any names in particular. I just think they're going to make something happen. Um, I, I I have a sense it won't be like the names that everyone thinks it will be because people tend to like over. Yeah. I think people tend to sometimes over uh, exaggerate like trade value and whatnot, right. but uh, you know, just keep hanging in there and it's going to be over soon. So <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm hoping they get their hands on Andre Drummond. I would love that. I think that is the move to make. Uh, I think his value's right there. I was surprised when he went to Chicago. I, th- I thought he was going to get a higher uh, payday. I thought he was going to go to a, maybe a team to be a starter based on how he played. But, um, yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Actually, one more last thing. Your take on the Brooklyn Nets. Are they cooked? Yes or no? Because uh, <laughs> it's been so an interesting I, couple I'm of I'm actually... Very curious to see where they go. Um, I do know that they are calling around the league right now. They've that their their goal right now is to find a way to add another star. Uh they're looking at Chicago. They have interest in DeMar DeRozan. Um they're looking at Toronto, they have interest in, you know, Pascal Siakam. Um, we will see what the next couple of days hold. Uh but if they don't get someone to fortify the the team with Durant, I think the summer is going to be a very painful summer for the Nets guys. <laughs> I think they're done. I, there's no way they're getting a star. What what are they going to give up? What are they going to give up? Uh, the, well, they were trying to they've been trying to remake that team into a three team trade that they made yeah. Kyrie. Um, <clears throat> and you look, you have three and D salary filler that can be flipped for future assets and equity. I mean, you're, you're targeting teams that aren't very good. Like the Raptors aren't very good. They're probably, you know, they're, they're vacillating between a rebuild and staying mediocre and yeah. trying to see the season through. So I think that makes sense to look at them. Uh, 
So, you know, we will see uh, what, you know, what, what we know, what teams want. But I, I mean, right, look, you go Dinwiddie, you go Picks, you go uh, Cam Thomas, whatever. Uh, I do, I, I, I have heard that the Raptors, the Raptors would have interest in Ben Simmons. So <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how, but um, yeah, it, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, the guy doesn't play, the guy doesn't do anything. He, he's worse now than he was in Philly. For the last year, which is crazy to me. I mean, the whole thing is mind blowing. Craziest player I've ever seen. Craziest situation I've ever seen in sports. Um, but hey, I mean, I would. What do you, you think, Nick Nurse could turn him into a? <laughs> no, I think it's going to be all on Ben Simmons if he's ever going to become, you know, a, a better player. It's going to be all about Ben Simmons acknowledging and understanding his shortcomings and deciding that he wants to do something about it. Gotcha. Yeah. So it'll never really do anything, but anyway, uh, we'll see how it plays out, man. Um, thank you for uh, coming through to the show, man. Always appreciate your insight and, and collaboration, man. I, I hope they do something. I hope they get something done. Be sure to follow Austin on Twitter, man. He does great work, covers the Sixers every game and, uh, and keeps them up to date, man. So yeah, really appreciate your time as always. And, Hopefully get you back on the show sometime soon, man, after the deadline. Talk about what happened. Anytime, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. That was Austin Krell, Sixers beat reporter. Interesting things he said. He thinks the Sixers will make a move, but he also thinks that it might not be the move that everybody wants to make. What What did your guys take on that? Let me know. Let me know your guys' take on that. So I don't know how to feel about that. I don't know how to feel about that. What do you guys think, though, man? What do you guys think? Let me know in the chat what's going on, everybody. We got a ton of people in here. We'll stay on for a little bit longer. Uh, I figure we'll take some of the comments in the chat. And, uh, yeah, what do you guys think based on what Austin had to say? Do you think the Sixers are going to make a deadline move? Yes or no? Yes or no? I want them to trade for Andre Drummond. I'm trying to make that as clear as possible, ladies and gentlemen. We just got some of the inside information, but it seems to to me that, you know, really nobody really knows what's going on. You know what I mean? Nobody really knows, you know, what the Sixers are going to do. Nobody knows the mindset of Daryl Morey because they haven't said much. The only thing they said was back in... Uh, I think it was October when they said, yeah, we left the open roster spot. When we cut Isaiah Joe, we're going to go out and make a move. So what do you guys think is going to happen, man? What do you guys think is going to happen? Could it be Jared Vanderbilt? I mean, there's been confirmed interest. Jared Vanderbilt, uh, Andre Drummond. I really think, look, and and you know what's crazy, guys? I predicted that Furk on Korkmaz would get traded. And today he requests out. I think Springer's got to go. And I think they're going to throw in that, that 2023 second rounder via Charlotte. I mean, you're thinking that's like a what? Top two or top three in the second round? Because Charlotte stinks. That's the, that pick is going to be good in the second round. I think that's going to give them some leverage. So let me know what you guys think, man. Uh, yes or no. Drop a yes or no. Will the Sixers end up making a move? And if so, let me know who you think they're going to get couple announcements, but before we do that, shout out to the sponsor here of today's show. Once again, this one presented by Manscaped. Manscaped has actually uh, got some breaking news on their front as well. It's trade season, but guess what? Manscaped has some breaking news. They just 
entered the, the market for beard products. They are revolutionizing men's grooming with their brand new product right here, the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. It's a cordless trimmer. It has a rotary wheel, and it can give you 20 different hair cutting lengths, all with just one guard. Just one guard. Yes, you heard that right. 20 different lengths with one guard. It's waterproof. It has a titanium-coated T-blade. It's tough on the hair but smooth on the skin, and it leads to much better efficiency and a smooth process. They give you a whole kit. They literally sent it to me in the mail. It came with uh, scissors, a, a comb, a brush. They got the beard shampoo and conditioner. They have the beard oil that helps relieve the dryness on your face and the skin beneath and the beard balm, which helps the overall shape. And once again, comes with all three of those free gifts. So check it out. Check out this baby, man. It is a monster. Go down to the description, click the link, and use promo code PhillyTake for 20% off and free shipping amongst checkout. Go check it out, man. Manscaped.com, promo code PhillyTake. This thing's a beast, man. It is a beast. All right. What do you guys think? Yes or no? We have uh, Tyler Redfam in the chat says yes. We have Rory who says yes. We have Evan who says hit the like button. Yeah, guys, please hit the like button if you are in here. We got almost 300 people in here. We still don't have 100 likes. So hit that thumbs up right now, man. Hit that thumbs up button. Thank you all for being here. Once again, we just had Sixers beat reporter Austin Krell on the show breaking some things out. What do you guys think about what he said about the, the Brooklyn Nets? I, I threw that in there at the end. He said that the Nets are trying to get another star, but if they don't, they're going to try to move KD essentially. And that the Raptors could have interest in Ben Simmons. Oh, please. <laughs> oh, please. That would be great. That would be great. Um, let's see. We have Dan in the chats who says drumming all the way. Rachel or Rachie says no, because B-ball Paul will never touch the floor. Seeker, what's going on, bro? Says I miss Drummond and Curry. Imagine getting both of them back, man. Imagine that. David says Maury is invisible. Who knows? Would be nice if he would talk to the fans. Well, he usually does. He usually lets the fans know how he is feeling. But this year, a little bit different. You know, the Sixers aren't the hot topic of the trade deadline, right? Usually, the Sixers are all up in there and at the top of the news page at the forefront, right? Sixers this, Sixers that. The biggest news is Furkan Korkmaz requesting a trade. If you guys are just tuning back in and you're just getting here, obviously watch the show back, but Furkan Korkmaz requesting a trade. Dang, man. Furkan doesn't like us anymore. Look, I'm sorry, Furkan. I'm sorry, man. You, you just weren't that good. You're not, you're not that good on a championship team. Let's see. We got Sean who says the open roster spot, in my opinion, is a Tobias trade two for one. I don't see them train trading Tobias, not at all. I don't see them trading Tobias at all. I, I don't think that is in the realm. I think the Sixers look at it and go, okay, we have won a lot of games this year. We went on a couple big win streaks. We just need to make one little marginal improvement and go out there and, and get past the hump. You know what I mean? Get over the hump. Sixers need to add a backup five. I was trying to get inside the head of Austin a little bit and see what the mindset is, right? Because the mindset needs to be urgent. I trust Daryl Morey. I trust him to do something. I don't know if it'll be a move that everybody loves and adores, but he has to be sitting there thinking, man, this might be my best shot to win a championship, and that has to motivate him to do something. Yeah, they can talk about the cap and the tax and all that. 
you need to make a move to get in a championship mode, man. This team is really good. This team is really good. People are sleeping on this Sixers team. Yes, they're going to have a couple bad games like they had yesterday where they blow a lead. And maybe they'll have that in the playoffs, which would suck. But let me tell you something, man. They need to get a backup five. That's the biggest thing for me. That's the biggest thing for me. So I, th- I think something's going to happen. And no, I don't, I, don't think that, uh, I don't think that KD is even up for the running in Philadelphia. No way. No way. Chrissy says, I like your predictions. I like the trade proposal. You say Thibel still has a purpose here. PJ only here for now, and performance is iffy. Corkma's understandable if he does get time. Yeah. Um, my my trade proposal is Furkan Korkmaz, Jaden Springer, and a second round pick for Andre Drummond. That is my trade proposal. That's my trade proposal because Jared Vanderbilt is not going to get traded, in my opinion, just my opinion unless a first-round pick is thrown into the equation. Unless a first-round pick is thrown. That's my opinion. I don't think uh, Vanderbilt will get moved because Danny Ainge doesn't care. He already has enough assets to build his team. And if not, you know, why not keep Vanderbilt? Why not keep him with the rest of the squad that you have? I know Walker Kessler's been emerging, but, you know, you have talent. You have picks already, so... I think Danny Ainge is going to play hardball, man. That's what I think personally. Rach says, two pieces away from a championship. I do question some of the rebounding and the wing defense. I think those are the areas the Sixers will look to upgrade. I hope they do something, though. I hope they do something. And I I don't. I don't agree with Austin 100% when it comes down to Matisse Thibel because I still think Thibel can make an impact. But the thing is, again, if the Sixers don't play him, then essentially they're going to let him walk for free and get no value. I really am starting to think a Thibel trade could happen in the next day or two. Because when I think about it, Doc's not going to play him much anymore this season. And they gloated about him. They, They said he was most improved in this and that. And his value hasn't gone anywhere. And if he still has a little bit of trade value left right now, you have to capitalize and try to recoup some draft picks that you've sent out in the last year or two. So I really think that Thibel could end up getting moved, but I think Furkan has to get moved. And I think Springer could potentially be collateral damage in that move as well if you want to get the guy that you desire. So hopefully Daryl Morey's looking, whether it's Vanderbilt, Drummond, maybe it's Nas Reed, whoever it is, man, they need to get a backup center because Trez just will not survive, you know, in the playoffs. That's what I think. Uh, Let's go. Excuse me. We have a $5 donation from LA Sports Live. Thank you very much, man. It says, are these talks between Philly, the Lakers, and the Pistons legit? Great show. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, that was interesting. I did see that earlier on uh, on Twitter. People were tagging me in that. Also, they had me, they were hitting me up in the Discord about that. They were hitting me up in the Discord about that. So, yeah, it's an interesting one, man. Uh, I don't think it's legit. I believe they were talking about Tobias Harris in that, in that deal. Hold up. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, be sure you guys are following me on Twitter as well. I will be tweeting out 
many times over the next couple of days as we, you know, prepare for the trade deadline. Be sure you're following the Instagram page and all that. Uh, and hop into the Discord, of course. Let me find this Tobias Harris thing. All right, here we go. Here we go. Let's see. All right, so this is this is what people are are tagging me in. This three team trade apparently it came out from some reporter that um, that predicted the Kyrie Irving trade to a T. And it says the Lakers, Sixers, and Pistons are in trade talks. Uh, Pistons receive Russell Westbrook and picks. Lakers receive Toby and Furkan. Sixers receive Nerlens Noel, Marvin Bagley, Bojan Bogdanovic. I do not think this will happen. I don't see any way this will happen. I don't know who the guy is or where this came from, but I don't see any way the Sixers trade anybody in their core. I don't think they trade anybody. I think they're going for one last push. I think Doc Rivers is going to be here. I think the whole team's going to be here. I think they're going to try to make one little marginal improvement. I don't see any way that they blow up their core right now. But that's just my opinion. And I'm telling you guys right now, the two most untradeable contracts in the NBA are Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook. The Lakers had their shot, and they whiffed. They whiffed. And apparently the Nets didn't want to trade Kyrie to the Lakers out of spite. I could believe that. I could believe that. Kyrie did the Nets dirty. If you guys have not tuned into this show the last couple of days, first off, I've been having a great time. But, man, that, I mean, what he did to the Nets showed how selfish he was. I mean, that was bad. That was bad. And I, I just don't see a way Westbrook's going to get moved. I really do not at this point. I don't think he's going to Utah. I don't think he's going to Detroit. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's going to stay right with the Lakers. So, yeah, I, I don't see it happening. Um, I will say Tobias Harris needs to get better. He was on a hot stretch for about a month and a half, and then he's kind of gone cold the last couple weeks, so he needs to pick it up. But I don't think they're going to move him. I don't. Let's see. Um, Tobias probably a better fit than Bojan, in my opinion. I'd rather have Drummond than Nerland, says Remo. Yeah, I, I would. Andre Drummond is the guy I'm targeting. He's making like three or four million dollars. He's an easy get. He's not playing a lot with the Bulls. He knows the system. He knows how to play behind Joel Embiid. Get me Andre Drummond. That's my move. That's my move. Kenzo says the core needs a shakeup. It's not working in the playoffs. I think they're going to go one more time with it because I think now. You know, you have a, a guy you have a guy in James Harden that is playing at an all-star level that can feed off of Joel Embiid as well, run that two-man game. Uh last year they were not healthy, and I think they're gonna try to go for it one more time and try to put a better surrounding crew around them. Uh, but if it doesn't work this year, I do think they're gonna blow some part of it up. Cause then Tobias would have one more year. I think he could be moved. Uh obviously you're gonna have to pay Maxi eventually. So, you know, is gonna be gone. If he's not gone in a couple days. So I do think this is the last hoorah with this current constructed core. But we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Anyway, that's all we got for today. If you are in here right now, uh, thank you 
for being here, of course. And be sure to hit the like button as well, guys. Be sure to watch us on the on the the playback, you know, tonight, tomorrow, on your drive to work. We had Sixers reporter Austin Krell giving us some of the inside information. Uh, we will be live again tomorrow night with two special guests this time. We're going to do a, a collab live stream. I'm sure you all will be excited for that. And we'll be talking more trade stuff going into some predictions, not just the Sixers, but NBA as well. Um, and we might even take live callers tomorrow. So be sure to tune into that. And uh, yeah, a couple more days, couple more days until the NBA trade deadline. What will the Sixers do? Drop a comment. Let me know. Once again, the show presented by Manscaped. Get yourself one of these Beard Hedger Pro Kits. Brand new. They're taking over the game. Thank you all for being here, man. That being said, we will uh, sign off, man. Who will the Sixers get? What will they do? Chiquita says, go birds. What's up, Chiquita? Go birds, man. Subscribe to A to Z Philly. That's where I'm covering the Eagles this week. Let's see. Zero says we need Seth Curry, man. Trade Daniel House. I don't know if he can get traded at this point. I mean, who's going to take him? Who's going to take him? I think the move is Andre Drummond, guys. I'm manifesting it. Manifesting it. See if it happens, though. You guys have a great one. Catch you all tomorrow night. Peace. Peace.